0: It's the show that challenges reality, questions at which we've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change. We make the paranormal feel quite normal and the supernatural quite natural, and we are going to go deep, deep, deep down the rabbit hole this evening as we talk about the voice of God or the voice to skull technology. Is there tech out there that can beam thoughts posing as God or some other supernatural being into your mind, influencing your thoughts, and ultimately your behavior i have some resources and some thoughts and some experiences that i want to share on that subject before i do that i want to talk about a uh, very generous review that a uh, a reader sent to me and a friend that i connected with through social media and i'm i'm just flattered by it and i want to share it with all of you i feel that she captured the essence of my my book i am human and we are not who we think we are Better than I could have. I, I've been trying to find ways to market this book and to word it to capture your attention. Um, you know, for those of you that haven't read it, to, to to entice you to read this book. It's a free ebook. It's available at sixcentsmedia.net slash I am human. Let me tell you, that's hard. When I when I published my first book service, I went to a writer's workshop. And they said, oh, you wrote your book. Now the hard work begins. And I was like, what are you talking about? You took me five years to write and publish this book. And they said, nope, you got to market your book. It's not easy. I'm a writer. I have a story to tell. And it's tough then turning around, trying to find the right hook and phrase and meme. It's a meme world now to get you to read it. But this, the way she wrote this, I'm so thankful and appreciative. I, w- I want to read it. Um, I- I'm just so flattered by it that somebody took the time to write this about my work. She wrote I am human is an honest and deep investigation into the life questions we all encounter. Few, however, make the effort to follow these questions to their origins. This author's realization that fear is the bottom line of our lives is profound and through his writing one feels the desperation and sense of panic this realization engenders. His deep faith in the existence of quote genuine good and quote sustains his journey from profound despair to his determination to find a way out of the life-death trap in which we've been ensnared. His realization that reality is not real is a profound turning point, and his references to the movie The Matrix were helpful in illustrating his points. As the author examines his response to parasitical beings feeding off of humanity's fear, he realizes he may have a far greater purpose and responsibility for being here. If reality is not real, then what are we truly capable? Do we choose to live in the excuse... But to remove ourselves from the Archon menu, unfurl our wings, shatter the trap, and realize our grandest dreams. I enjoyed the profound insights of this essay and look forward to the future work by this author. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Deborah. This is a beautiful review, and it really does capture... You know, This thought's been going through my head lately over the past week. What am I doing? Why am I doing this? I know why, but I feel—I I don't know. I feel that I need to express it, and I'm sorry if it—if it's boring you guys, or, or if I sound egotistical. I, I don't—I'm not trying to sound egotistical, and I know I can have an ego. I—I um, I, I can't shake it. I, I have this drive inside of me to g- express these concepts, and no matter how hard I try. I don't feel like I've done it accurately enough. You know, I did an insta. I got brave. I got back on Instagram tonight. I put my face back up there, um, and I did a story. I shared a clip. Um, for those of you that read, I am human. At the end of the this book, I share the essay that was I, I call was a, in my original download back in two thousand nine, um, and, I, and the, the book is explaining how I came into this this information and processed it and, and where what it, what I think it means. And I wrote it out into an essay. I couldn't sleep one night. Just up all night, you know, tossing and turning, trying to understand what is reality. What is reality? And finally, I got out of bed and I went and, you know, just started writing. I had no idea what I was writing. Just writing, 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 writing. And this essay came out. And it makes sense. If you listen, if you read the essay, you read the book, you're going to be like, yep, jives right with the show. This was 10 years ago. This essay was so powerful to me that I spent an entire summer making a movie. To express it, trying to put art behind it, trying to show visualization behind the written words that I had, um, you know. It's, so it's it's a true indie film. Um, I'm proud of it. I put a lot of thought and effort into it, but it was it was just this obsession. I spent every free moment I had filming, and my neighbors must have thought I was nuts for something. I mean, there's one scene I'm standing on my roof pretending to jump off, and they really must have thought I was crazy. And, and, and in some sense, I, I was. I was driven trying to understand. I felt that if I looked at this thing from a different angle beyond just the essay that I wrote, because this essay was so powerful to me, if I was able to visualize it, then maybe I'd gain a better understanding of what I was trying. This information, I don't think, came from me, is my point. So I was trying to look at this many different ways. And... Um, and by putting it in video, it helped me to really think about it and process it. And it's out there on YouTube. I think in the last eight years that it's been out there, I think I've gotten 165 views. Um, I, I really do want to revamp it and um, put it put it up again officially through Sixth Sense Media at our website. So those of you can watch it and put it out in a newsletter. So we'll see if I get around to that. But that's something that I want to do. But anyway, um, it's just this drive to express... These concepts. And one of the things I was talking about on Instagram tonight, I've said it before on the show. You know I repeat myself. Throughout history, for those of us that are religious or who are formerly religious, or we know people who are religious, religion studies the mystical experiences of other people. And they say, well, this is this is an interpretation of God or of divinity. And these are his messengers. These are his prophets. This is what they're seeing. Now, I'm not saying I'm a messenger of God or a prophet of anything of biblical proportion. What I am saying is that so many of us, if not all of us, have or are capable of having the experiences talked about in works like the Bible. So why does the Bible have this significant high standing But then somebody today has an experience, and it's critical. It's critic central. Oh, you're nuts! That didn't happen. That's weird. And and tinfoil hat wear. Like, what's the matter? We we don't embrace that. But that is our connection to whatever this is, whatever this force is. I don't. That's our window, so we can study stuff that's two thousand plus years old. Which I I think there's a great benefit to it. But we should also be including what's happening today. What am I learning and hearing? Now, as I go on to this show, talking about voice of God technology, I'm going to sound very hypocritical. And uh, you'll understand why I feel like I'm so nuts sometimes. Because it's tough trying to discern what you can and what you can't trust in this matrix reality. But I don't know. I feel like I'm dragging on again. I just... I can't express the drive I had. I, I made as I made that video. I remember, I edited my final scene. I was using Windows Movie Maker. I edited my final scene, and my computer froze, and the whole video. Now this is probably well over a hundred hours in. The whole thing got erased. I was on my and I, and my thoughts were like, wow. This is an important video. The Archons are stepping in. Like this is what's going through my. I don't even think I knew about who the Archons were back then, but I was thinking of some negative influences coming in here and messing. With, and it did. It shut everything down. The next day, I got up. I still had all the original video footage, but nothing was edited. I recreated the whole thing. I had that. I had it so ingrained in me, I was able to recreate scene for scene, edit for edit, fade for fade, recreated the whole thing. Took me a lot less time to do it. Um, because the creativity was gone, it was just going off of memory and kind of routine. But that's how important it was. That's how driven I was. I was like, "Well, the whole thing's gone. Let's do the whole thing again." And I had to go back to all the editing and uh, and get that thing done. So it's out there. I don't know if I'm going to share this version of it or not um, in the show notes. It's out there if you search around enough online. I do, like I said, I want to I want to revamp it um, and put it out there again. But you can read the experience and then some in my free eBooks, please go to, go to six slash. I am human. I'm not trying to spam you. You're going to get access to read this book because I feel this is something I need to express and share, um, plain and simple. And you'll get a copy of the secret newsletter every week from me where we get stuff about the show. I give some commentary. I share some other stuff that's going on through six um, that's my objective I'm not selling your information I have no desire to sell or, or share or trade your information um, I just want to keep in touch and with everything that's going on with censorship if you listen to last week's show having a subscription to my newsletter my free newsletter um, is probably the safest and best way to stay connected to what what I'm doing here if you find this show or Sixth Sense Media valuable so uh, let's see let me look at my handwritten notes see what else I wanted to talk about tonight bear with me for a minute You know, this week here we go. This week, um, just a new lifestyle for me here, Um, and I'm exhausted. My uh, I'm not teaching this year. It's uh, it's different. Let me tell you, it's definitely different. Um, Full time real estate, full time parent. Uh, So you know, taking my kids to school in the morning, coming home, doing real estate, and picking them up, and, and just doing. I'm loving it, but I'm exhausted. And I realized this is a totally new lifestyle for me. It's something I've been working towards, being self-employed, being self-sufficient. Ultimately, with the goal of being able to do more for The Secret podcast, more for my writing, it seems like I'm able to do less of that right now. I don't understand it. But what I realized I had to do um, is I had to reset. And if you've noticed, I've been very quiet on social media. You guys know this, the drama that went on over the summer um, and even after I do, we shall have these great shows, and then I'm barely promoting them right now because I don't feel that I have the energy to do it, and it's it's such a waste in my opinion. Um, I should be promoting this content more. Uh, I hope that some of you are honestly. Please help me out. Um, I'm just I'm just drained. And this week, one of the things I did, I said, all right, I, I have to let a lot of things go. I got to get back to zero, and I need to rebuild a stronger foundation. So my office is in my basement I have a finished basement my office slash studio and um, you know beyond that I got glass doors so I can see out into the main you know family area which I have set up for my kids well my oldest is six my middle child is four my youngest is a year and a half very different age bracket with the with the one-year-old and the four and the six-year-old so my one-year-old is just running around tearing everything apart it's a disaster out there the energy, the feng shui is terrible down here. So I don't even—I didn't even want to be down here most of the summer because it's not conducive for my kids. It's just stressful. So, but at the same time, I'm like, I got to do my show. I got to edit my book. I got real estate calls I got to make. I got to take care of my kids. On and on and on and on. I have a dozen things I'm trying to, you know, improve remote viewing skills. I'm trying to work on my hands-on healing course, uh, real estate courses. Like all this stuff is going through my head. And I'm just, and I can't do it. Because I'm focused on everything, so I'm doing everything half-ass. So I stopped everything except the bare essentials, which is getting the podcast done every week. That's that's a priority for me. Um, taking care of my kids and obviously doing real estate because that's how, I, that's how I get paid. And this week I decided I'm going to get back to zero and I'm going to create better systems. So the first thing I did was I completely, I stayed up one night, um, and completely reorganized the basement. I rearranged the furniture. It's got a better flow to it. I placed my kids' toys in a, in a fashion where my youngest can access toys that are for her. The stuff that's a little bit dangerous for her is out of the way. Um, it flo- The next day, I had such a productive day. Uh, I felt really good. My daughter was happier playing down here. My other two were, were great when they were down here. And it just really got me thinking, what in our lives, what kind of clutter do, do you out there have in your life that you can eliminate, that you can restructure, reorganize. Sometimes we need to take a step back. We're working so hard to get to something. And prime example, my desk. Uh, in, I, I cleaned the outer area. I started in on my office, but I had to get the outer area done first. My desk is a, is an extension of me, of everything that I'm doing, and it's a disaster. Um, so after I got out there, cleared, it was as if my mind was a little bit more clear, and I could see what I needed to do with my desk, and I got ninety percent of my desk cleared off, um, and, and starting to expand from my desk throughout my entire office, so I can better organize myself again. Because once you're organized, and once you have systems, then everything flows a whole lot smoother. So I, I'm really working on creating a regiment, creating a routine, going with the flow at the same time, and just creating those systems. And, and and that is to me somewhat. Of, it's been a spiritual experience for me, just quieting down and reflecting. My meditations have been different because I'm so stressed and focused on everything else. So I, this has been kind of transformative, meditative for me to do that, to implement these changes in my house, in my and in my life. Because I believe that once I finish with this decluttering and, and de-stressing and reorganizing, then I'm going to have the time, the focus, and the energy to get back into everything that I'm trying to do here because I feel disconnected you know I was listening to a podcast a couple podcasts this week and I just kept saying I-, I want that I want this show and Sixth Sense Media to keep growing That's so important but then during the day by the time I have time to sit and focus on this stuff I'm so drained I just I can't put what I what I believe this network deserves I can't put it into it am I just whining here I hope not my friends, I really hope not. But anyway, I wanted to share that with you. I hope I haven't put you all to sleep. I feel like I'm putting you to sleep. So let me move on. Um, one more thing I wanted to talk about. Today I listened to uh, Coast to Coast to AM is building up their YouTube channel. So they're posting all these old shows. So I don't know how old this episode was, but it was um, George Knapp. It was a George Knapp episode. And he was talking about a recent interview with Bob Lazar, I think he said it was 25 years after the story broke. I don't know when Bob Lazar originally broke his story about area. For those who don't know, Bob Lazar came out about area 51. He's the one that first identified area 51. Um, Anyway, he was playing clips from a recent, at the time of this recording, a recent interview with Bob Lazar how saying that, you know, and what he was talking about was Bob doesn't want to have have anything to do with the UFO community anymore. He doesn't want to answer any questions. Um, he refuses to answer questions when people call him. People are like, look, I need to know this. It's so important in my life. He says I'm not going to talk about it anymore. Um, and he played a clip of what Bob, one of the things Bob Lazar said, and he flat out said the people are morons. They don't deserve to know what's going on. I regret when I was a 20 year old dumb kid. Sharing this information with the world because you can't handle it anyway. He says, and I don't know everything, but what I do know, I don't think that I should have shared. That really made me mad. Again, it's this idea that whatever this situation is, we're not capable of handling it or understanding it. And that's frustrating. I'm sure to all of us out there who are truth seekers trying to find meaning and purpose and understanding. And in terms of the Bob Lazar story, now I am not an expert on this guy's um, you know disclosure efforts and everything that happened surrounding it. What I do know is that he did talk about some things that were pretty accurate. He was able to take people out to the vicinity of Area 51, this is according to George Knapp, and tell them, hey, you're going to have sightings this night, and they'd have sightings. So he was able to accurately tell people when these craft were going to be flying around Area 51. He identified Area 51 as being there, and that was before it was known that, what they were calling at the time, S4, uh, existed. So he does have some credibility there. But here's my big question with the guy, and with a lot of this stuff that we see. Why is he still in the public eye? Why hasn't he been taken out? Why hasn't he been put in jail? Why was he allowed to make the statements that he made? That doesn't make any sense to me. If, in fact, he was a part of Area 51, why didn't they come after him? Why didn't they silence him? Why didn't they discredit him? And I think it's because they want part of this story out. Does that mean it's disinformation? Does that mean it's out there intentionally in the way that it is to create doubt and we create our own disinformation? I don't know. But something stinks about the fact that the man is still working today in sensitive areas. I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. So, there's my thoughts on that. I wanted to share that with you. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll pull that and I'll put that in the show notes um, at sixcentsmedia.net and in the secret newsletter that'll come out this Sunday. Um, where to go from here? I got one story in the news. I had some other stories and the websites were all spotty, but I got a bunch of stuff from for Voice of God stuff that I want to share anyway. So. Uh, Actually, two stories. We're going to do a thing from Ray Davis uh, in the news, and I have uh, Ray Davis talking about John McCain. I want to read something that Ray wrote. I have an article from uh, nextgov.com. The FBI wants artificial intelligence tools that can ID people with burnt, cut, or otherwise altered fingerprints. Any criminal worth their salt knows to wipe the crime scene for fingerprints, but some go a step further and try to erase the prints from their fingers entirely. For decades, the practice of altering fingerprints has helped wrongdoers evade the law, but today the FBI thinks artificial intelligence could help catch those especially ambitious offenders. The Bureau on Friday asked the tech industry to weigh in on how AI tools could detect altered fingerprints and match them to their unaltered counterparts in the next-generation identification system, the FBI's massive biometric database. Quote, the Criminal Justice Information Services Division has identified a growing trend in which criminals intentionally alter their fingerprints to defeat identification within the NGI system. Officials wrote in a request for information, As those who seek to avoid identification continue to evolve their alter- alteration techniques, it is critical that the NGI system maintain pace throughout through the ability to learn in real time. The explanations behind altered fingerprints are as varied as the prints themselves and not all are rooted in illegal intentions. Criminals might master identities using acids, surgery, or a number of other techniques, but the frequent contact with chemicals and rough surfaces as well as certain diseases and medical treatments can also uh, unintentionally change fingerprints. So here we have back to good old AI just gathering more data. And again, I get it with uh, wear my law enforcement hat. I understand how valuable of a tool that can be, especially what if you're going after some really bad people and are altering their fingerprints. But I guess the private citizen in me is just scared that it's going to be even another deeper level of control. I, I, and I think, you know, me and these post-apocalyptic shows I watch, what if things go really bad? And what if, what if there's some form of total totalitarian control and now they have this system that is collecting all sorts of biometric data and we are the resistance and we can't hide from them because this ai scanner is able to sniff us out in a variety of different ways so that's what scares me and yes i get it i'm jumping the gun i'm adding fantasy to this story right here i am but isn't that, how we're able to project and understand by brainstorming like that to see what is possible and then develop possible solutions and countermeasures for it. So that's what comes to mind when I when I think of that technology. It scares me and it concerns me. Does it have a benefit? Absolutely. Does a lot of this technology that I cover and warn about have a benefit? Absolutely it does. We need to be aware of the risks and the threats and find ways to safely regulate and implement them. That's my thoughts on that. All right. So uh, as we all know by now, Senator John McCain, uh, U.S. military veteran and senator, has passed away. And it's unfortunate that the man died. Um, There's been mixed feelings and expressions I've been seeing on social media about him. Ray wrote something and he has some audio, too. Uh, I didn't get a chance to pull the audio for the show. I will leave the link so you can listen to what Ray has to say, because it's always inspiring to listen to Ray's voice. Um, and, and hear what he has to say. But he wrote an article. It's called News with a Different View, Idolizing John McCain. The sad passing of John McCain is causing reflection on his life and contributions, and there are many. Yet the coverage omits his passionate advocacy for interventionist U.S. foreign policy that has harmed both the United States and the target nations. I feel like part of the reason he's getting such bipartisan accolades in the establishment is that our establishment all agrees with his foreign policy that keeps the gravy train of the military industrial complex humming along. McCain's thinking, regardless of his service, does not serve humanity or the United States. It places the utmost confidence in the assertion that American military power should be inserted whenever and wherever we decide we don't like a country or its leader. Unfortunately, the reasons were given. Uh, the reasons we're given for these policies and how they are sold to us revolve around freedom and democracy when, in truth, they are more about economic interest. I'm going to leave the rest of the article and the audio slash video for you to read yourself. Check it out, Sixth Cents Media. But I want to talk about this. You know, Ray didn't pull any punches here, and I don't think he was disrespectful at all. I don't. What I don't understand, I mean, I understand why, but it seems like when somebody dies, all of a sudden we kiss their ass. Excuse my language. I'm going, to, I'm going to swear again, but if somebody was an asshole in their real life, they don't all, be, all of a sudden become a saint just because they died. And I think part of this is because our lack of an understanding over death. It's such a taboo subject that, oh, they're dying. They died. Don't say anything bad about them. Have some respect. Well, I'm going to respect you the same way I did when you were alive as you are when you've passed on. And I do have respect for Senator McCain for his service to the United States military. And for his attempt to serve the United States government. But I agree with Ray that his push for war and regime change and all of that negative fearful stuff was not good. And there's no shame in saying that. It's no disrespect to the man's life, the fact that he's passed on now in acknowledging that. Now, you get the mainstream media and you say that and you happen to be some kind of a celebrity. Oh, my gosh, you disrespected Senator McCain. No, I called it like it was. Here's what he did when he was alive. Was it honorable? If you're religious, your belief could be that when he dies, he's going to be judged. Just because you die, depending on your religious beliefs, doesn't mean you get to go to the place with the world of big white pearly gates. That's not my belief system anyway, but I'm using it as an accurate metaphor, so... Call it like you see it. Let's learn from the man's mistakes, the policies that fail, the policies that keep us in this cycle of war, and do something better. So I appreciate that about Ray and putting that out there. Uh, take a look at it. If you disagree with me, please let me know. Send me an email. Send me a message. Hit us up on Facebook. Let's have a healthy dialogue. That's freedom. As, as Ray was saying two weeks ago, the best... Protection for free speech is more free speech. If you agree with disagree with Ray or I, let us know. Politely. We can still have a polite conversation about it, but let us know. All right. I think that's uh that's it for now. I want to move on to this voice of God technology. Now Ray and I alluded to this a couple weeks ago. I know I've mentioned it when we first started breaking the Disclosure story through To the Stars and Tom DeLong um, and WikiLeaks and all that stuff uh, about a year and a half ago now. I went back into the old Bill Cooper stuff and he was talking about Project Bluebeam. And I, again, I know I sound like a broken record, but I'm a lot of times I do this show, I'm piecing things together as the show's going on. Like I'll have a rough outline of what I want to cover on the show. It's weird. And then once I start talking, I just start making connections. Whether they're correct or not, I don't know. But that's just where my mind goes. So I start bringing stuff back. So, but the Bill Cooper he was talking about, and and, and there's there's a, a strong conspiracy theory out there, and I can't remember who it is that said it. Maybe one of the Rothschilds. I don't remember. But they talked about, and I know David Icke's covered this statement here. I can't remember who it was that said it. They talked about the evolution of. The, the fear they're going to impose on the people of the world in order to get us to slowly give up our freedoms and bring about a one-world government. I know, when you start saying that, it's Illuminati, it's tinfoil hat, it's conspiracy theory. I know, you want to shut it down, right? But this is the quote, and we're seeing it come to fruition. And they said, we're going to move, uh, you know, you're going to start seeing terrorism and this war on terror And then you're going to see that's not going to work anymore. So you're going to see a threat from space. They're talking about like meteors and asteroids coming in. And we've started to see some of those near-Earth misses. Um, They haven't played it up in the media as much yet, it could come, it could not, I don't know, but, you know, and they said be eventually it's going to be an extraterrestrial threat to unite humanity. And and we've talked about this in the past few weeks, and then it's going to say, hey, these aliens are coming here and we need to restrict your freedom. And I said, how's that, that could tie into Agenda 21? A couple weeks ago, I did a really good analysis talking about, um, you know, just how they're coming down and they're going to tell us these areas are unsafe, so you now need to move to this uh, FEMA camp to protect, so we can protect you and, and all this stuff. Anyway, that is was the line of progression. Now, Bill Cooper focused on that last piece. He said they're going to stage an alien invasion using holographic technology. Now, we've seen this. We've in music concerts and, and light shows now. You see the deceased get up on stage and perform. Well, how's that possible? Well, it's a it's a computer program. It's a hologram. It's a holographic representation of digital information basically of of, you know, Elvis Presley or Tupac Shakur. We've seen it a thousand times now. It's commonplace. We're going to start seeing it soon, I think, in advertising, in in mall spaces. You're going to see these holograms as the technology becomes more affordable. In public places like Times Square, you're going to start seeing these things. But what they're saying is you're going to start seeing one possibility is you're going to see giant UFO spacecraft that are nothing more but a hologram technology projected into the sky. The other possibility is you're going to start seeing religious figures. You're going to see Allah over the uh, Muslim and Arabic countries. You may see Christ appear in the sky. Um, you know, and then they're going to give information on what the now believers, because seeing is believing are supposed to do. I know it sounds crazy. And if you think I'm sounding nuts, and if you're saying, if you're a first time listener to the show and you're going, who is this guy? What is he on? I, I where are you? I, this is too much for me. I, I'm going to ask you to go back and listen to some of my shows, check the show notes the information's there, that this is, it, it, it sounds crazy, it is crazy, but it's not impossible. That's what I'm saying there. So they had this technology, to put these holograms up in the sky, could be an alien spaceship, could be Jesus Christ, could be the Virgin Mary, could be Allah, could be anybody that's going to get people's attention. The other component to that, that Bill Cooper talked about, was the voice of God technology, where they're going to be able to project a voice into your head. And you're gonna say, "Wow, this is Allah." He's telling me I need to fight, or this is Allah. He's telling me I need to lay down my weapons and surrender to the Americans as they're coming through here. And some rumors are out there that it was this te- technology was used during the Second Gulf War. So, I, I found a website. Uh, and it's called prepareforchange.net, and they have a, an article, a blog article on the Voice of God, Weaponized Mind Control, Frequency Technology. Now, if you look up targeted individuals, there's a lot of good information out there. These people who claim that somebody, the government, is targeting them. Now, um, real-life scenario, we had the people at the embassy in Cuba, and I want to say more recently China, um, who were targeted by these ELF Weapons or these subsonic, I forget what the heck they're called now, who were targeted by these weapons where they've got brain damage from some kind of weapon being projected. Now they're not necessarily hearing voices, they are hearing sounds, but they're not hearing voices yet. But they do have these weapons ELF, extremely low frequency, or EMF, electromagnetic fields or frequencies. Now let me take a step back because saying all that sounds like it's the realm. Of conspiracy. I, I'm going to get sidetracked here, but it ties in, I promise. After my dad died, my thoughts were, these archons are feeding off of our energy. I, I have to prove it. How can I prove that the archons are feeding off of our energy? Well, the first thing I had to prove was that we are, in fact, giving off energy, and that energy can be somehow received. And you can look at plants and say, well, plants absorb photosynthesis and sunlight energy from the sun, and that's how they feed, which is a great parallel to what the archons are doing with us. But when I started coming across heart math stuff, when I started coming across uh, electromagnetic fields, and I started realizing that everything has an electromagnetic field, and these fields interact with one another and have various effects on the bodies that they're interacting with and in people They have effects on our health, on our psyche, on our mental state, on our central nervous system. Ultimately, they're able to influence behavior. That was my smoking gun. I have the smoking gun in my book. That These fields are there. They're measurable by science. It's no secret. Um, It's it's not conspiracy stuff. They're there. They exist. They're measurable. And they have influence over our, our minds and our bodies. There's patented technology that's out there. Uh, And I've discussed this probably over a year ago. The patents that are designed to interfere with your central nervous system that can be, as of 1997, embedded in a TV program just by pulsing some kind of light waves through your monitor. So it influences, if you're sitting close enough, your central nervous system. It could cause things like nausea, sexual arousal, confusion, uh, all this weird stuff that it can do. Well. I'm sure this stuff is coming through our cell phones at this day and age, and we're carrying around in our pockets every single day. So very dangerous. Side note, now I'm getting, see, here I go. There was nothing I could do about it. I now have a smart meter installed on the side of my home. They have an easement on my property. By law, I cannot prevent the power company from coming in and putting this on my home against my will. It's only been a couple days. I haven't felt any adverse effects yet. Uh, I have been looking into ways to counteract that uh, potential. Fortunately, it's like on the back end of my garage and kind of away from our living space. So hopefully that will make a difference. But besides that, Big Brother is now able to fully monitor all of my electric electricity usage. And if I have smart technology, which I don't have a lot of in my home, but I do have a water heater that's smart technology. They're at least able to most likely communicate between my water heater, my water, and my electric meter to say, hey, here's when he's using the water heater. Do you understand? They're getting these pictures of us. That's an AI show, though. We're not doing that right now. But it emits electromagnetic frequencies that have an effect on our bodies. I listened to a friend of mine, uh, a very, very good friend of mine, sent me a podcast. Uh, I got to find the name of it and the link of it. But it was talking about technology that was created by a, a doctor, a medical health professional, that's designed to rebalance our own, e, our own frequencies, our own signals um, in our bodies. And there's different. I think there were four different frequencies that they offered through this device that they sell. Um, and what they do is they they harm. He used the word he used was harmonizing. And if you picture, you know, tuning forks, if these tuning forks are tuned to the same pitch. You chime one, and the one in the other hand is going to start ringing even though you didn't bang it because they're tuned. the wavelengths are the same. If they're out of tune, it's going to sound weird. They're not going to harmonize. So that's what he's saying. These devices put out signals that are in harmony with certain brainwave states in our body. And by playing this device or using this device and touching it to your body, it sends a stronger signal than the brain is able to put out and can put the brain into these states that are good for um, focus, relaxation, meditation, and deep sleep. I think those are the four states. Uh, so I, I've reviewed different aspects of these technologies, but you know, there's some more health professionals that were talking about it. So my point is we can influence the body through EMF. Now, I came across this website, Prepare for Change, um, and it's called The Voice of God, Weaponized Mind Control Frequency Technology. And he talks about some Corey Good stuff, which is interesting. But he wrote Corey Good answered a question about Voice of God technology, which is used on unsuspecting people to put voices in their heads. A quick search for this technology does appear online in a few sources and is even mentioned on some mainstream media websites. Further research points to different names for this suppressed military technology. Here's a quick list of names of researchers to dig further into the disruptive tech. Now, they call it Voice of God, V2K, which is voice-to-skull devices, remote behavioral influencing technology, LRAD, a long-range acoustic device, and DARPA's sonic projectors. Uh, The article continues, apparently the military has used this weapon during the Iraq war in order to create chaos within the ranks of the enemy combatants. Here's an excerpt from the strategy page report on the use of El-Rad, a.k.a. the voice of God. Uh, It appears that some of the troops in Iraq are using spoken as opposed to screeching El-Rad to mess with enemy fighters. Islamic terrorists tend to be superstitious and, of course, very religious. El-Rad can put the word of God into their heads. If God, in the form of a voice that that you can only hear, tells you to surrender or run away, what are you going to do? So that's what this technology is talking about. It can put that voice in your head. And this, I I want to come back to something when I was a kid. If you've never had a mystical experience, if you've never had a supernatural or paranormal experience, it's scary. It's surprising. It's very, it feels very unnatural. When I was younger, I used to feel that presence around me. I used to think there was a, if I'd walk in a room, and say, oh, there's a ghost here. And immediately, I'd say, it's evil, go away, because of my belief system. I knew something was there, and I had a basically a conditioned reaction, and I'd push it away. It wasn't until I stopped to evaluate the energy that I was perceiving that I was able to say, well, this feels like a caring energy, this feels like a curious energy, this feels hostile, I need this to go away. But I was potentially pushing away forces that were beneficial to me or helpful to me or in need of my help just because of the condition that I had. So what they're talking about here is somebody of a religious mind, they're going to fake a mystical experience and give them a voice in their head. I know it sounds crazy, but just stay with me, I promise. It's not going to sound as crazy by the time I'm done. And that voice is going to coincide with their belief system And what that's going to tell them is to do X, Y, Z. So you finally hear God talk to you, undeniably hearing it. What are you going to do? Are you going to listen? Are you going to say, I'm nuts. I'm not hearing this. And then your buddy says, I heard the voice too. This has to mean something, right? Now, let's tie in the AI piece. Let's tie in the metadata piece. Everybody's on social media. Do you think that they have algorithms out there that can identify what your specific belief system is right now and they can then use this technology with all the metadata they've gathered on you to tell you exactly what you need to hear to scare you, to motivate you, to inspire you. Do you think that's a possibility? I think that it is. The article continues. Another interesting find shows the United States Army did have an old dedicated web page that talked about the technology but pulled down the page as soon as researchers got hold of the information and started to share it. I know I shared this um, a while ago, but it shows it's a diagram that shows how this technology works and influences the brain. Here's what I want you to listen to. Uh, the article goes on, there is even a company called Holosonics that sells a very similar technology for marketing purposes called Audio Spotlight. Here's a commercial company called LRAD Corp that sells products called Long Range Acoustic Devices. All right, so let's look at Audio Spotlight. They linked to their website. It's called holosonics.com. Add sound and preserve the quiet. I'm reading right from the website. The Audio Spotlight private sound technology creates a tight, narrow beam of sound that can be controlled with the same precision as light. Aim the speaker at your desired listening area to keep sound focused specifically to your listeners and quiet everywhere else. And then it goes in the highlights of this the question and answers uh, what makes a sound source directional? Ultrasound as a sound source. Um, sound is literally made from thin air. Uh, you know, it goes on talking about this technology through this company that they're selling. Now, here's another article linked from that original article I was talking about. It's from uh, CNET.com. The article is titled, I Hear Voices. Could highly directional sound advertising be the next big thing? Update. An earlier version of this blog incorrectly described the technology used in an advertisement for a TV show Paranormal State. The technology developed by the uh, Holosonic Research Lab uses a beam of ultrasound as a virtual source which changes in audible sound as it travels through the air. Please read the technology inventor's F.J. Pompey's comment or visit the Holos- Holosonic Research Lab site to learn more. The folks who heard the ad for a TV show Paranormal State emitted from a billboard in New York City's Greenwich Village must have thought it was pretty weird. As they walked into the targeted area, they were exposed to highly focused sound. One big advantage of technology is that it doesn't contribute to ambient noise pollution. I went to the village a few days ago to check out the technology, but a had already pulled the plug. a and PR agency told me the speakers were only active during the first week of the campaign, so you got to wonder, if it was such a great idea, why turn it off? But the billboard is still there. So somebody had experienced this technology in New York City, and basically the same way I can take a laser beam or a highly focused flashlight beam and shine it just in a particular area to illuminate it and nowhere else – they can now do that with sound. Now, that's not beaming it directly into your skull yet, but it's on. at the same time, I can be standing right next to my friend and they can hit me with that sound wave. I will hear it and my friend will not because it's not ambient. The waves aren't traveling outward. They're so focused in the direction that they're going. And that's what's interesting. That's what's concerning. Uh, here's another article again that I linked through there. Um, and this is the it, it's from wired.com Army Yanks Voice to Skull Devices site, and this talks about how the Army used to have a site with the diagram that I was talking about. I'll have links to it with pictures of this diagram, uh, and they ended up taking it down. Uh, but they said the entry uh, still available on the Federal uh, Federation of American Scientists website reads non-lethal weapon, which includes one a neural electromagnetic device which uses microwave transmission of sound into the skull of persons or animals by way of pulse modulation, microwave radiation, and two, a silent sound device, which can transmit sound into the skull of person or animals. Note the sound modulation may be voice or audio subliminal messages. One application of V2K is used as an electric scarecrow to frighten birds in the vicinity of airports. So they're using this for birds. I'm sure they're using it for us as well. Um, that's been taken down. I'll have the link so you can follow the breadcrumbs as far as you can. Uh, I want to go back to that original article from prepareforchange.net. They have a quote from something that Corey Good said. Corey Good's response about the voice of God technology. The question was Can you tell us more about this technology called the voice of God where people hear voices in their head? Corey Good responds. Yes, this technology uses bioneural interface, methods that have evolved over the decades since it was developed. The older LF-slash-ELF frequency VOG devices could focus on an individual in a crowd, but after a certain range, the blooming effect caused a loss in its desired effect. The more recent technology can now focus on an individual from a drone aircraft or even a low-Earth orbit. Depending on the model and settings, it can be used to maintain point-to-point communications with operatives in the field, cause an unsuspecting person to hear voices through vibrations in their skull and brain matter, or even download audio, olfactory, and visual data directly to their neurological systems. As SOP operatives are exposed to this technology to be able to recognize when they are being targeted. There's, uh, you know, I'll just keep going. The people that create the, the data or reality constructs that are downloaded are called Programmers. This VOG technology is heavily used on people who channel as well as targeted individuals. It can produce hallucinations that are incredibly realistic. Heavy use of this technology over a long period of time will induce paranoid schizophrenia in people who would otherwise never develop the disorder. There's a little bit more. I'll say that for you to read. Um, here's, here's the connections I'm making. Let me go back here. Um, as SOP operatives are exposed to this technology to be able to recognize when they're being targeted. It's going right into your brain matter. They talk about programmers and downloading information. Now, what did I say at the beginning of this show? The premise behind everything I'm doing really started with what I call a download of information into my head and my heart. How do I know this wasn't just some massive conspiracy. This is where it sounds crazy, right? But these are the questions we need to ask. Even though I've invested so much into this and my hope that, it's, that the force behind this is something benevolent, something caring, something leading me somewhere good and positive, I need to ask the question, am I being used? Am I being set up? Or am I being used to set you up? I hope that I'm not because this feels so important to me. But how do I know that the feelings I have now are my own and have not been influenced or manipulated? If everything is a frequency and those frequencies can be hacked, how do we know? I don't have a strong answer for you. I know what I believe. I know what I feel. And I have learned to discern between information that comes in from different areas. When I get information in through my heart chakra, I usually find it's more reliable than the information I get in through my head, through my third eye or through my crown chakra. I have to question that information more. I have to evaluate and vet that information more where if it comes through my heart, it's a little bit more of a, it's more of a better place for me. I'm able to better understand it, process it, and, and accept what it's teaching me. That's what I've got right now. But we can go down a dizzying rabbit hole here. Why would Bill Cooper tell us about this? Um, You know, does the establishment want us to know about this? Are we being used to manifest through this? I I, I don't know. You know, I I do think a lot of times that I am being guided, and I want to believe that that guidance is something supernatural and benevolent and like a guide for me. But I do worry. What if it's just some dude at the NSA or some government agency? Or what if it is a human being that's using this technology to guide me, to help me? I mean, thank you. I'm at a point where I want to know. I want to know. If you're out there listening to the show, send me a message. You know, but I'm reminded of uh, back to Courtney Brown's book I referenced this a few weeks ago on remote viewing. I can't remember the chapter. It'll take me forever to find it. But he was talking about how uh, he was communicating. With, I think with the great with somebody in uh, what he called subspace, and they were saying how the human population is sometimes influenced. And what he found was a device in subspace, which is you know like the spirit world. Um, but this device in subspace that was a transmitter, and it. It was certain people were receptive to different ideas that it was putting out there. He, I think he mentioned some of the writers of Star Trek are receiving signals from this. Some of these geniuses like Nikola Tesla who um, you know create these crazy inventions are receiving these downloads based on, I guess, whatever frequency they are. Like I said, things need to harmonize. For whatever reason, and that's one way to lead a population to knowledge, to evolution, to, to the slaughter, whatever. So I wonder, am I a targeted individual? Not in necessarily the harassment way, but what I'm claiming is some of my own ideas and concepts, I can't say for sure are my own because, well, I don't think everything's my own. It's coming from somewhere else. So is there a device out there that just happens to harmonize with my particular frequency and it's feeding me this information I think that's highly possible Um, again my hope is that there is some benevolent caring spirit guide out there that is working with me my fear is that it's some kind of tech that's being used to manipulate me and in turn I'm being used to manipulate you so full disclosure there I don't I don't know I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. If you're the one behind the device or the voice, get in touch. Let me know. I'm uh, I'm fried, my friends. Hope I didn't hurt your head as much as I hurt my own on this one. But uh, I need to turn in. It's been a long week. I want to say thank you for uh, listening to the show please make sure you check out sixcentsmedia.net. Check it out regularly. Ray Davis has a lot of great stuff. Check out his affirmations. Check out his book, Anunnaki Awakening. I want to invite you to read my book, Service, A Soldier's Journey, Counterintelligence, Law Enforcement, and the Violence of Urban Education. It dives deep into some of the challenges we are facing today, ranging from law enforcement, military trauma, and the the corruption of the American system of education. It's a, uh, it's a It's a great read. And your purchase... Supports what we're doing here. And don't forget, sign up for your free ebook sixcentsmedia.net slash I am human. And you get to read I am human. We are not who we think we are. You heard the glowing review written by Deborah at the beginning of this show. I would really appreciate the support. Please continue to like, comment, and share. We're a low-budget operation, my friends, and that's the best way to get the word out. The show is growing um, thanks to your support. Please, I need your help in helping to get... If you... Find this information valuable. I'm asking you. If you're if you're uncomfortable putting it out there publicly, send it in an email. Forward, if you get the newsletter, forward the, the the newsletter. That's okay with me if you do that. Forward it to somebody and tell them you need to sign up for this newsletter. You need to listen to this podcast. If you listen to the podcast, if you're listening on SoundCloud, hit the hit the like button or hit the love button whatever it is hit the heart if you listen on iTunes write a review for me please it would really help me out if you've read any of my books if you've read Ray's books take the time write a review um, all that stuff helps I, I can't like these big companies out there I can't afford to pay for all this marketing and reviews I, I know you don't hear me complaining about that but that's where I'm at right now I'm asking for help it, it takes a few minutes I'm asking you these are things you can do to support the show if you really believe in what we're doing uh, until we can get to the next step, the next phase, these little things help in very big ways. If you think that this is the future, please help me out. All right. Thank you, my friends. Thank you for listening to that little commercial there, me begging you to help me out. I'm out of time. I'm Dennis Nappy Second. This has been another episode of The Secret Podcast, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning. Keep open mind. Thank you.